Okay, cook. Underestimated and still I made it In the book of hard knocks, I'm highly educated Nobody told me, looked over, but still dedicated Played in the league for 13, I ain't gotta be favored Two Super Bowls, Honolulu, I stood with the greatest The thing is this, if never rich, I'm good with my neighbors DB Precision, television, ain't ask for no favors Numbers don't lie, neither do pictures, just look in the papers No backing down or turning back, part two of the movie Never the biggest, but it takes more than two just to move me Ain't gotta lie like what I'm saying, just respect it, it's honest Run through opponents, watch the film, it's effective, I promise Sit back and grab your popcorn, watch me go to work And tackle all of these topics right here on Face First uh. Welcome, Face First, we're back It's been like two weeks, two weeks And it's been an interesting two weeks I had graduations, my son came home He brought his girlfriend home, that was interesting She's a, she's a sweetheart, I don't even know why she dates him uh, She's just He's just not not nice enough. He's actually super nice to her though, which makes me mad because I want him to be nice to like everybody that lives in my house, like he is with her. And then my youngest, who's the most mature of my children, um, is making me. No, she's not making me. We are taking her and her friends on a trip to Disney, so it's gonna be her and five friends in Disney World. I'm gonna be surrounded by one, two, three, seven women the entire trip. I think I'm going to hang out with Mickey Mouse. And, and then probably the most important part, not the most important part, I'm gonna, that's the last, not the most important part, but the, the part that's probably more relevant for a sports kind of podcast was the Hall of Fame class, 2020 class um, of basketball. Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett, Tamika Catchings, our own Kim Mulkey, right? Who my dad, who I don't know if my dad's telling the truth about this. My dad's from Denham Springs. My dad told me, that he told her that she was going to be a star one day. Now, it's revisionist history. My dad could not be telling the truth. I also have never heard my father lie. So therefore, I'm taking it that he knew Kim Mulkey was going to be a star when she was in high school, before she was a star, and now she's a star. And she's our star at LSU, which is awesome. Um, and obviously Kobe Bryant, which, you know, Many of you who've listened to this show before, you guys know, it's my favorite basketball player of all time. And so I enjoyed these, I enjoyed these weeks. Uh, my daughter, my oldest, Jaden, graduated from LSU, which is super cool, right? Like your, your, your daughter graduates from the same school that you went to. Obviously, you're much more excited that she just chose to go to school 20 minutes from your house. So if you have to roll up on anybody, boys, teachers, administrators, boys, uh, her, boys, you get the picture. If you had to roll up on anybody on campus, you can get there. Because say she goes to Stanford or Cal or Fairleigh Dickinson in New Jersey. That's a long drive for me. I'm, I'm not Matt Barnes. I don't know if I could stay mad for that long of a drive. And so it, that, that's a good thing. And, you know, people who know the story, obviously Jaden was from a, a previous relationship in college. And so, you know, we've had her since she was four years old. And like you grow up with some, some difficulties and there's some adjusting in that. And obviously I have an amazing wife who that's just been her child her entire life. And, and so my daughter graduates and we can actually go because 2020 is over, right? So you can actually go to the graduation. Everybody's all socially distant. And, you know, here's the cool part. Because they had to get us in and out of there to clean, there was no speeches. 
Listening to the speeches are the worst part of graduation. The second worst part is listening to all the other kids who aren't your kids' names and having them graduate. I just want to go let Jaden have her own stake in graduation, graduate, get her degree, and then we roll out. But you can't do that. You got to stay there. And there was this thing, too, where you walk in, you get like a little slip, you sit down, you hand the slip to the lady when you get up there because they didn't have everybody in order. I mean, it was a cluster fluff, but it was cool. But it was cool because my daughter graduated, right? She's been there for four years. She was very prepared. She worked extremely hard. She graduated. And I think I'm about to get off my payroll. But she's like, Dad, I'm going to go get my master's. So she's on my payroll still. And she probably will be for a long time. Because like I said, I roll up on boys. So probably marriage is not in the near future. But then we have the graduation party. If you don't know anything about the Clarks, know this. We throw very good parties. Not because of me, because of my wife. So my wife hires you know, she has a, her name's Quintina, a flair for events or flair for design, something like that, right? All I know is I pay a lot of money to Quintina anytime she does a party. So we have the party at my facility, attraction, in the restaurant. They decorated so much, it didn't even look like the same place anymore. People that worked at Traction in the restaurant were taking pictures of the restaurant at Traction because it didn't look like the restaurant at Traction anymore. I walk in, dude's building a swing. Nope, didn't bring a swing. He is building a picnic table swing in the restaurant. Two of them, matter of fact. You know the first thing I think? I already know I got to pay for lumber and two by fours and rope and all this. I also got to pay for this man who, I don't even know if he knows how to do this, putting the swing together, right? So I'm just seeing dollar signs. And then there's this big, huge thing that has this camera that's spinning around, taking pictures of people, and I'm like, holy hell, how much is that? But we did have 350 pounds of crawfish. And if you know anything about a Louisiana party is 350 pounds of crawfish will make you forget how much money you have spent on decorations. It also made me, at least for today, forget how much money I had spent on college already and now have to spend on her getting a master's. But it was good crawfish because my father is the goat, straight up. I want to buy him a big traveling truck where he could just make crawfish for the world for free, just so he could spread that type of good to Louisianians. And so it was also awesome. My daughter got to share her party party with my cousin, Autumn, who just graduated from Vanderbilt and is transferring to play basketball here at LSU, which she should have just did in the first place. I told her that. Just come here in the first place. It's the greatest place on earth. Nobody listens to RC, though. He's just the crazy one that used to run his face into people for a living. And so it's dope, right? Because Jordan's home and, you know, we get to have these conversations with Jordan now because he's like a grown up man, adult guy, kind of. But not really. Right. He's in the middle stage where you want to be adult, but you're too stupid to truly be like a whole adult. So you still got to have these conversations. And he brought his girlfriend home who is way too sweet for him. So she's there and we're having all these conversations about want to and will and dedications and passions and purpose. And you're having these conversations and I'm forgetting that he's my kid. And I'm just talking to him like a grown man because he has a goatee now. And then when he answers you and you're like, holy hell, that sounds just like me. You think for a second, I may have done a good job. And so right now, Jordan is in Miami and he's training and me, being the dad I am, 
saw the clothes that he was wearing to work out with me, and I went to the store and bought him some more clothes to bring to Miami because he's going to be training with pros and these other people who already know me, and he's representing me, and there's no way I'm going to let you wear those 17 brands at one time, son. You're not going to get to wear Jordans, Nike socks, Under Armour shorts, and an Adidas shirt and be a Clark. At least not as long as you're around people who know me and understand that I've worked too dang hard for too dang long and that you get free clothes from Arizona State to let you dress like this. But this is what happens when your son is lazy, buys a dog, and also feels like all he wants to do is bring a duffel bag home when he will be home for a month and he's gained 20 pounds since high school. What you going to wear, Jordan? What you going to do? And then there's Logan. Logan's 16. We talked about Logan and two flat tires. So you know now that Logan has a Tesla. Logan was able to give a, get a Tesla because she gave up her trip. So my kids, when they turn 16, my wife gives them a trip. She didn't have a lot of birthday parties growing up. So birthday parties are a very important thing to her. Like I told you, I went to the Bahamas with Jaden, took 12 of Jordan's friends to Disney World. Logan, before COVID, foregoes the trip so she could get a Tesla. That sounds smart, right? But wait, 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 wait. Look how they tricked me. We going to Disney World any freaking way with our friends. How does that work? Dad says, if you don't have the party, nope, 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 we're not going to tell that lie. Mom said, if you don't have the party, you can get the Tesla. She ain't had a party. She get the Tesla and then she had a party. It wasn't if you don't have the party before you get the Tesla, you get the Tesla. It was if you don't have the party ever, like ever in life, ever in life, you and your friends go anywhere where I'm responsible for you and your friends. Guess what? On Friday, we leaving and I'm responsible for her and her friends because we go and see the mouse. I ain't do nothing to deserve that, but have kids and try to be a good dad. That's it. And so recently, I'll share a little bit with y'all. Recently, I started talking to a counselor. I don't think I'm crazy. I actually think I'm great. But I was like, when you talk to your wife enough, you realize that you're screwed up. I think I'm freaking awesome. I think that most of the things I think and do are correct. Apparently, the people I live with do not think that. So you got your friends, right? I can talk to my friends, but you know how you find friends? You and friends have a lot of commonalities. So usually the stuff you think and you tell them, and I'm a great friend, by the way, they're usually like, oh, RC, I love you. That's okay. So you can't talk to your friends if you want honest answers, I guess. But my friends tell me when I'm wrong. They tell me when they don't agree. I accept it. I hug them. I love them. We move on with life. I could talk to my mom, but my mom's like the sweetest person that's ever lived. Goes to church. 24 days, 24 hours a day, eight days a week, 377 days a year. My mom's at church. So she's just the most forgiving, let's just pray about it woman of all time. And so, so now I'm in counseling and you're, you know, I'm very honest in counseling and we talk and now he's like my homeboy, right? And we're going through all these things and the hall of fame class comes up and we bring up the hall of fame class. And, you know, I talk about Tim Duncan. I like retired Tim Duncan more than basketball playing Tim Duncan. Now, basketball playing Tim Duncan was a bad dude, right? He never, like, he, he, clothes, 
He didn't care, right? Wranglers, rustlers, uh, whatever jeans he could find at the big and tall, whatever shirt he could find at the big and tall, whatever velour suit he was getting for free at the time, that's what he wore. Haircuts, nope, don't care about it. He didn't grow up in New Orleans. He grew up in the Caribbean. And people just free over there. They just live, have a good time, right? He wasn't tripping on no haircuts, no linings, nothing like that. He shot the ball off the backboard from the side of the goal. You're not supposed to be able to do that. You're not supposed to be shooting from the corner and be able to hit the backboard, right? And then you will never, we can't forget the knees in the knock knee free throw, right? He get up to the free throw line, turn his knees, knock knee on purpose and shoot the free throw. He wasn't great at shooting free throws, but he was great at everything else. Five-time champion, MVP, finals MVP, just one of the greatest players ever. But he was funny and he was engaging and he talked about Pop and he made Pop tear up. Pop's like the meanest, coolest dude that ever did basketball. But that's what Tim Duncan did to him. And then on the total opposite side of that, it was Kevin Garnett, who was also one of the best power forwards to ever play the game. One of the best trash talkers to ever play the game. Got too personal sometimes. I mean, Kwame Brown type personal this dude got. I'm talking about like, y'all been hearing Kwame. That was Kevin Garnett on the court. So we have these two dudes, these two MVPs, these two champions. Anything is possible. And I don't speak at all. These two polarizing figures getting inducted into the Hall of Fame on the same day. And then there's Tamika Catchings. Talking about all the things she had to overcome, not being able to talk well, uh, being awkward, and becoming not only a champion, but one of the greatest basketball players and female basketball players of all time. She's inducted. Kim Mulkey, right? Championship in high school, championship in college, championship as an assistant coach, championship as a head coach. She's just a stinking champion. Period. Guess what? She's at LSU now. Just saying, more championships to come. Watch out, right? And then Kobe Bryant, um, like everybody knows, right? I talk about it all the time. Kobe Bryant's my favorite basketball player to have ever lived, right? And we start and we start talking about that because we're talking about we're talking about greatness and we're talking about accomplishments, you know. And 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 part of what I was saying was is like I've accomplished all of these things, but the things that are said about me in my home, the things that are said about me by people who love me, are the things that affect me the most. Right, that, that, that I can walk outside of the house and they can say you're this and you accomplished that from coming from here and your work ethic has done that and now your talent does this and now you do this. But if, if, if in your home, right, those things don't normally matter. If in your home you aren't seen that way, then it's not as important. And so these are the conversations I'm having. And I keep going back to Vanessa Bryant's speech about Kobe Bryant at the Hall of Fame induction. And his daughter, uh, Natalia, who, was almost, who almost missed prom to receive his Hall of Fame coat, which was kind of fitting because Vanessa didn't get to go to prom because she was with Kobe and Kobe couldn't go. And guess what? If Kobe can't go, can't nobody go to prom. So ain't nobody go to prom. So Kobe was like about to be two for two with making either future Mrs. Bryant's or current Miss Bryant's Miss Proms. But thank God Natalia was able to get the coat and get the prop, right? And so, and so she gets up to speak. And first off, she walks up with MJ. Y'all, Kobe's my favorite player. Mike's the GOAT, right? Mike's my GOAT. So Michael Jordan's up there. 
And she starts to talk and she obviously begins to talk about kind of the stuff he did on the court. Um, the fact that the reason he wanted to play every night, right? Kobe wasn't a, 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 uh, a, a guy that you, you managed, right? You, you didn't make sure that Kobe missed, missed, a, missed a week or, or missed a day. Right? Kobe Bryant was going to play every night. He was going to play hard every night. He was going to play on both ends. Whether he shot the ball in triple doubles or not, that's what he was going to do. Right, Because Kobe Bryant was a dude who loved the game. And she spoke about the reason that he played or wanted to play every night. He said, what about the fan that gets to come to one game that saved up all of his money just to see me? What about him having his only opportunity to see me play and me not play? The dude sitting in the 300s is the dude that mattered. Because... On his way to a basketball game with his father to see his favorite player at the time, they had saved up money to sit in the 300s to go see Michael Jordan. He remembered how that touched his life, how that changed his life, how much that impacted him. And he knew that at a time he was this era's Michael Jordan. He was the best player on the planet. And so he knew being there was important. So she talked about that. Did he talk? She talked about his work ethic. Right. How much he put into the game, how much it was about proving the the which is crazy. Right. Because when you think about Kobe Bryant, how much it was about proving people who thought he couldn't do certain things wrong. How, how the people who said he would never be great. Right. When, when he goes from Charlotte to the Lakers, that he'd never be a Laker great. The, the winning three championships. And he, he won those with Shaq, not because of Shaq. Right. He averaged over 30 in, in, in a 15 and one or whatever they were championship run Kobe Bryant was 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 great then and then to go through that that stretch where you play with Smush Parker and aforementioned Kwame Brown I ain't say nothing bad though Kwame I just said he was playing with you like I'm not saying like it was a stress on him because you were playing obviously you played a long time I just don't want the smoke man I don't want you riding in your car were you smoking a hookah in your car couldn't have been smoking a hookah not in your car right riding in your car going 90 not even looking at the road like that's some next level first overall pick stuff. So I'm not really messing with you like that. Right. But but that was so he went through that phase where he scored 81, where he scored 40 in nine games. He goes through all that. Then he reinvents himself in the two four wins two more championships, an MVP. He wins the MVP of the finals twice and you do all these things. And it was that work ethic getting up, going once at four before other people go flying home, getting the kids to school, going again. Like, those are the things that got in. Let's talk about toughness. I'm a football player. I see toughness different than basketball players. I don't believe that if you hurt your shoulder, you should get to get wheeled off in a wheelchair. I don't believe that even if you're Paul Pierce and you say you just had to go number two, that you should get carried off, under, like allowing another man to hold you under your leg like that and carry you to the weight to the locker room and then you come hop out like you can play so i love that about kobe i love the black mamba face mask when he broke his nose i love the fact that he taught himself to shoot not taught himself because he's kobe bean bryant that he shot with his left hand until his finger healed i loved even more that he tore his achilles and sank two free throws right that like that like those when i talk about kobe bryant those are the moments i talk about i don't talk about the points all the time i talk about the fact that there are dudes who can't play when their ankle is rolled and he stayed to shoot two free throws but then vanessa bryant said she could look at his face and tell something was different that when he got to the tunnel there was no wink and a kiss now that doesn't make me at all think about the injury 
that makes me think about Kobe Bryant's dedication to his family. Which is why I started speaking about my family. Because we all, we all in the end think that we all in the end think that we have to accomplish certain things to provide. Right? And 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 I get in arguments all the time at the house and I talk about the work I put in to provide. When in truth, I just I really loved football and going to work at five o'clock and and, and, and training and then getting in the hot tubs and the cold tubs and then stretching and then getting my extra film in before everybody else and then going to the meetings and then working out at lunch instead of eating and then getting my lunch very late and then going on the field and coming back in and watch. Like, I just loved all that. And I did that junk anyway. And staying up after I put the kids down and watching extra film just so I felt okay and then getting treatment six days of the week. Like, I loved all of it. I understood why I did it because I loved the ball. And so I can't necessarily say that that work was just to provide. That work was to do something I love. And so for him to every night do a certain thing that the day that he doesn't do it, she notices that something must be wrong means that it was that consistent, that it was that constant. And those are our legacies. Those are the things that people who love us, that people who truly matter can impart to the world and say or hold as memories and share when we're gone. Now, do I wish Kobe Bryant was there to give his speech? Absolutely. But to hear his wife talk about how humble he was at home. And the first thing I think, thought when she said humility, I was like, who? Now, my Kobe being Bryant, we don't do humility. We don't do triple teams and pass the balls to our teammates you know why because the best shot was our shot yeah i said our i didn't care if kobe pump faked it 47 times and then shot it it was the 48th pump fake that he didn't need that was the most important because that mean he finally freed himself up from the quadruple team to get the look he needed and so when i hear that humility the understanding that there are different Pieces of you that you have to use in different places. When I hear her say, you took my comebacks with a laugh and then gave it right back. Those are the quiet moments, the moments that are away from the lights that matter the most. And then when I hear her say, what he had most pride in was being a girl dad and not missing recitals and not missing games and not missing important moments as long as he wasn't on the court. Those things are important. And so when I think about my two weeks and I think about Jaden and I think about Jordan and I think about Logan, it does make me think to myself, are you doing enough there? Because in the end, our legacies can't end on the court or on the field. Kobe Bryant was obviously a Hall of Fame basketball player. To me, the second best two guard that's ever lived, a top five, top 10 NBA player. He's going to be in my top five because... He's my favorite player. But the things that we got to learn about him after the game was done actually made Kobe Bryant a Hall of Fame person. I know what people are going to say. He made mistakes, very public mistakes. But his wife said that. You made mistakes. You learned from them. You atoned for them. Those things are important. And so when we look back on, on what we've left, as who we are, it's probably not, if Kobe Bryant played 20 years, it's probably not going to be what we did that people were able to film. 
It's going to be the quiet moments that were only captured by the minds and hearts of the people who love us most. And that brings me to my next thing. This week, Troy Palomalu announced that Coach LeBeau will be his presenter for the Hall of Fame. These are two of my favorite people. Troy is one of my best friends. Uh, coach LeBeau is the best with, and it's not even close. He is the greatest coach, defensive coach I've ever played for. He's the best person that has ever coached me, and there's actually no competition. There's a list, and the list goes one, Dick LeBeau, no two. We don't even write the two because no one else fits. He's a Hall of Fame coach. I got to go to Coach LeBeau's Hall of Fame induction because at the time, he was the defensive coordinator of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And we got an opportunity to, to, to travel there to see him, and we got to see him as a team. Um, every day, Coach LeBeau will walk into our meetings and say, it's a great day to be alive. Because he cherished every moment. Every offseason in OTAs, he would fake us as players for letting him coach us. And now he did this before he became a Hall of Fame, a Hall of Famer, and after. And every time we would look at him like he was absolutely crazy because we were like, bruh, you coach LeBeau. We are blessed because you're our coach. But that was the way he felt. That was the way he treated us. Every Christmas, whatever game we had, when we were in a hotel, he would recite the night before Christmas in a very Coach LeBeau way. I don't know it by heart. And so I know he probably threw some things in that were very Coach LeBeau. But he had this big lead up to it, and he'd talk about, you know, where the guy sit and who it was and where the family was. And then he'd go through the night before Christmas. And 53 players and eight coaches would sit there like eight-year-old kids and smile and rock back and forth and be giddy because this man was taking his time to recite the night before Christmas to us by heart. You know what we did this Christmas? This Christmas, um, about 20 of us got on a Zoom call with Coach LeBeau and our families, and we listened to the night before Christmas. And he did it from his kitchen table at his house, and it was every bit as memorable as all those times we got to sit in front of him, but even more because our families, who we would run home and brag to about this, finally got to hear it. Uh, Jordan was home for Christmas break, so he got to walk out and hear it. Jordan's, one of Jordan's closest friends was there, and we all just sat down and we listened and we had tears in our eyes because though we played football, we're all just pretty mushy and soft in the inside, and that was an amazing moment for us. That was what that, who that team was. On that call was Troy and his two boys, Paisios, Ephraim, his wife, Theodora. And as Coach LeBeau is by far, without a doubt, the greatest coach, the greatest man that's ever coached me, Troy Lepalamalu is the greatest person I've ever played with. That is also not a competition. It wasn't a competition he was ever in. That was just how he lived. There's a saying that a person will give you the clothes off their backs. I've actually watched Troy do it. We did this thing too. We called it injured vacation. In 2007, I almost died. That's neither here nor there. Uh, so about this time, I'm 160 pounds. Troy is injured. So everywhere we went when we have night games, we'd wake up on Sunday, get a cab, and go to church. After we go to church, we'd go to brunch. And we'd go to brunch, and Troy would always buy too much food. 
I thought it was just because he's greedy. Troy's Polynesian. If you've ever seen Troy, he has very big hands, very big feet, and he's supposed to be a fat man, right? And so what he'd do, though, is as we were driving home, he'd ask the taxi driver, do you know a place where the homeless congregate? And we'd stop, and he'd give away the food. He didn't have a camera around. This wasn't something he talked about. This was just who he was. And he's done numerous and countless things in that manner. Troy had close friends who were Make-A-Wish kids, who he kept constant contact with, who he saw weekly, who he visited, who were part of his families that no one ever knew about because that wasn't important to him. Sharing that experience was important to him. And so now I'll get an opportunity to watch Coach LeBeau, who during his speech mentioned my name. I didn't expect him to mention my name. I didn't think I was worthy of him mentioning my name, but he did. And he talked about certain things and certain traits that I had that allowed us to do well and allowed him to be recognized for the Hall of Fame. That was not true because he was a Hall of Famer way before me, still is way after me. But it was something that I appreciated and can't tell you how much it meant to me. So now Coach LeBeau will introduce Troy Palomalu. And Coach LeBeau is going to get there. He's going to be engaging and he's going to be fun and we're going to love it. And then he's going to say, and now introducing 2020 Hall of Fame inductee Troy Palomalu. And Troy is going to get up there and Troy is going to say, thank you so much. God bless you. Troy is going to say, I love my family. They're so amazing. Without them, I couldn't be here. Troy is going to say, and my teammates, if I didn't have my teammates, none of this would be possible. Because that's who Troy is. Troy is not going to say that I was one of the baddest men on the face of the earth. I could do things that other people couldn't stink and do, and that's just what it was. That I'd get an interception, that I'd split you in half, that I'd sack your quarterback, take the football from scooping and score, and then right when I finished, give you the sign of the cross, walk to the sideline, and pray the entire time as we were trying to show him the pictures of what just happened so we could be prepared the next time because that's who he was, but he will not tell you this. And so as we look back on, on, on what we are and on what we've done and on what we've accomplished, whether it's getting your daughter to graduation, whether it's teaching your son how to live life as an adult male that eventually allows him to be a successful husband, a successful father, a good husband, a great father, or taking your daughter and her five friends to Disney World when you weren't even supposed to have to take them. Or if it's scoring 81, scoring 40 in nine straight games, winning three championships in eight, winning two championships in 24 and being the best girl dad that you ever could possibly be because that's all that truly ever mattered to you. Or if it's having over 50 interceptions as a Detroit Lion, coaching the number one defense in the league, the two Super Bowl championships, or being the baddest man on the planet, even though you, would, you refuse to admit that you are, yet being greater away from the grass. No matter what it is, those things should be celebrated. Those things should be talked about. The people that love you most should have to run and shout 
and scream those stories because it matters to them so much. So these things don't have to be ceremonies, graduations, Hall of Fame speeches. This could be every single day. I know this wasn't as funny as the last two, but it meant more to me to get these out. All right, man, I appreciate you joining. This was Face First. We'll see you in a couple of weeks.